I don't want to scare anybody or anything, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say a word that strikes fear in the hearts of a great many Christians. Are you ready? Here it goes. Pentecost. That's right. Pentecost. A word we only feel comfortable saying out loud about once a year. 50 days after Easter, to be exact, on the birthday of the church. That unusual day when the Holy Spirit descends with a rush of wind, and there's these tongues of fire, and what seems to be like a Rosetta Stone conference as everyone is speaking these different languages. Pentecost. A term that is today primarily associated with television personalities and loud prophetic utterances and dramatic antics. You know, those, those Pentecostals, those crazy charismatics. Which means that if we want to distance ourselves from such questionable behavior, then maybe we need to avoid using that word, Pentecost. Indeed, we can do better than that. Let's just avoid talking about the person and work of the Holy Spirit altogether. I mean, let's just stick with God the Father and God the Son. That, that, that feels much more familiar more concrete even. I mean, we can all relate with the notion of Father. I mean, nothing strange about seeing God as the Father, the, the creator and ruler of all things. And again, the idea of God the Son is also rather concrete. We're talking about a human person, Jesus Christ, who lived and died for the forgiveness of our sins. But God the Spirit, I mean, that's so abstract. And let's face it, kind of weird. It's difficult to know what to do with that. And so the Holy Spirit, the happenings of Pentecost, the charismatic gifts, we can set all of that aside, can't we? For if we do, at least we'll be in good company. That's what, uh, that's what a great many Christians do with the Spirit. Indeed, that's one explanation for why the Christian story has been reduced to a story that is only about God the Father and God the Son. That's all we really need. I mean, you've heard this story before, that Christianity is all about going to heaven when you die so that all you really need is the Father and the Son. Well, the, you know the story, the Father created me and I sinned against him and so the Son found a way to repair that ruptured relationship so that now I can spend eternity with him. And so there you have it. According to this story, the Holy Spirit kind of becomes extra credit, an optional package for, you know, those overachieving Christians that tend to be on the radical end of the spectrum. According to this story, the Spirit is really not essential. It's not necessary for my life. But as we learned last week, as we reminded ourselves on Easter Sunday, the point of Christianity is not about securing a fire insurance policy. It's not about really going to heaven when you die. That's not the main point. No, the resurrection of Jesus is all about the beginning of new creation. The life of heaven coming to birth right here on earth through the church. And that, my friends, has everything to do with the Holy Spirit. Now, in case you're wondering, I am quite aware that today is not Pentecost. We have another six weeks until that feast meets us on the calendar. But according to what we heard read a moment ago,
the resurrection account according to John, new creation and the Holy Spirit are intimately intertwined. What's the point of the Holy Spirit? Well, Jesus answers this question for us. On the evening of Easter Sunday, when he appears to his disciples who are hunkered down in the upper room, when he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit as the Father has sent me, so I send you. This is often referred to as John's description of Pentecost, or perhaps we should say a foreshadowing of of Pentecost that he had with his disciples. This is how Jesus makes the connection crystal clear for us. As God the Father breathed life, breathed his spirit into Adam at the dawn of creation, so now God the Son breathes life, breathes the spirit into his disciples at the dawn of new creation. You see, creation and the spirit have always gone together. Fifty days can feel like a long time between Easter Sunday and Pentecost, longer than Lent even, which might lead us to suppose that these occasions are about two separate things, that they move in two different directions and they have different purposes. But no, John says, Christ is risen, receive the Holy Spirit. All on the same day, they go together. New creation and the Spirit have always gone together. It's so unfortunate that the Holy Spirit has become associated with only particular segments of the Christian church, you know, the the Pentecostal church, the Assemblies of God, the Church of God, the Charismatic churches, and so on, as if the Spirit is central in these denominations, but, but not so much with everybody else, right? I mean, this is a tragedy. My friends, the Holy Spirit is, is not an option to the Christian faith. Like when you purchase a new car, you have all these optional packages to choose from, and you can take it or leave it, you know? But that's not how it works with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not reserved for charismatic churches. No, the Spirit is central to being a Christian. The Holy Spirit is central to what it means to be the church, The Holy Spirit is central to sharing in the life of God. Listen to what our ACNA catechism says in response to the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Answer. God, the Holy Spirit, is the third person and the one being of the Holy Trinity, co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son and equally worthy of our honor and worship. Or as we declare in the words of the Nicene Creed, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. And then I want you to notice how our creed immediately then speaks of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. That's intentional. It's because the Holy Spirit is the God with us of the church. So that the church is that new creation community that continues the work of Jesus in the world. Listen, without the Holy Spirit, there is no church. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no God with us. You think back, think back in the Gospel of John when the disciples were with Jesus in the upper room the night before he was crucified. Remember, that's when Jesus starts speaking about going away, 
that he won't be with his disciples much longer? And you remember how they react to such news? I mean, they freak out. I mean, naturally, they're afraid of being abandoned by their master. The text even says that sorrow filled their hearts. But Jesus says to them, he says, no, no, it's actually better that I go away. It's better that I leave you and return to be with the Father. Of course, at first, this only makes things worse. I mean, what, what are you talking about? How can this be better? Surely it's better for Jesus to be physically present with us, is it not? But not according to Jesus. According to Jesus, it's better that he goes away. Why? So that the Holy Spirit will come. The Spirit that makes the risen Christ present to his people at all times and in all places. That's much better for the people of new creation. That as Christ says, his last words in the Great Commission, that as Christ says that he would be with us always to the very end of the age, how is he going to do that? Through the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why it is on Easter Sunday that when the, that day when the risen Jesus makes his first appearance, his very first appearance to the bewildered disciples, that this promise that he made becomes a reality. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So that from that point onward, the church has been Pentecostal. From that point onward, the church has been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The church has been experiencing the risen Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit. The church has been continuing on earth the new creation project of Jesus. How are we doing that? In the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is central to what it means to be Christian. As many of you, I'm sure, have heard this before, that we Anglicans are committed to drinking deeply from what we call the three streams, right? The three streams that constitute a a life-giving church. Of course, it's helpful that each one of these streams begins with the letter S, so we can remember. Scripture, sacrament, and spirit. Now, though some Anglican churches might appear to emphasize one of these streams over the other, Anglicanism at its best holds all of these streams together. Scripture, sacrament, spirit. But if you think about it, which stream permeates the other two? It's the stream of the Holy Spirit. For as we meet and experience God in the Scriptures, we can't do so without the Holy Spirit. And as we are nourished by God in the sacraments, we only do so, right, in the Spirit. In baptism, we are adopted into God's family. How? Well, by the Holy Spirit. And in the Eucharist, we ask God to sanctify the bread and wine by His Word and Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is is central to our life with God, which puts the question to each one of us like a bolt of lightning. How central is the Holy Spirit in your life? That question should shake you more than hearing the word Pentecost. Because most of us don't really focus that much on the Spirit's presence in our lives, which is really bizarre, right, when you think about it. Because when you think about it, that the Spirit is actually, that is how God is present with us today, then you would think we would be be doing everything that we can to have the Spirit always present in our minds, and in front of us, and always listening, right? If that's how God is present with us. 
For we know, don't we, that God is a personal God. God is a community of relationship who desires to share his life with you, and he does so through the Holy Spirit. Which means, first of all, yes, through the Holy Spirit community called the church. That's central. And yes, he does so through the scriptures, of course. And yes, he does so through the sacraments. Yes, yes, and yes, but there's more. God desires to share his life with you through the Spirit in a ton of other ways. Through your everyday activities and interactions. Through your thinking patterns and your relationships. Those meetings that you hate to go to, he wants to be present there with you. Through the frustrations and conflicts in your life, the Spirit wants to speak to you in those. God is everywhere in your life present, working how? Through the Holy Spirit. And so I ask you again, how central is the Holy Spirit in your life? Or maybe a better question is this. How might you begin to make the Holy Spirit more central in your life? I think that's a, I think that's a good question. I think we need to be asking that question often. And like always, I think we need to, we need to start small. I mean, you begin today. Take on a couple of gentle practices like, like every day I'm going to try to hear the Spirit's voice. And try it. Be, be alert. Be present to his voice. Invite the Spirit into your conversations. Invite the Spirit into your thoughts, into those meetings that you don't like going to. Spirit, come. Work. I want to see you at work. I want to hear your voice. See if you can hear the Spirit voice once a day. How about that? Just start there. Once a day, I want to hear the Spirit's voice, and then I'm going to act on it. Now, be humble, of course, but act on it. See what happens. This is what the Apostle Paul means when he tells his churches to, quote, live by the Spirit. This is what we say at All Saints is sharing in the life of God, cultivating an awareness to the Spirit's ongoing presence in our lives. Now, we, listen, we rev up that awareness every Sunday when we gather together like we are now, when we hear God's Word, when we share God's table. But this awareness, and now all of us on Sunday morning, of course, we're very aware of the Spirit's presence. But this awareness that we share this morning is meant to be taken out and lived with in every moment, cultivated in our everyday lives. And so, yes, it might be scary the first, you know, when you begin starting to do this, kind of like hearing that word Pentecost. It's a little scary at first. But did you know that our lives are meant to be an everyday Pentecost? And when you do that, when you begin to cultivate that, an everyday Pentecost, living by the Spirit becomes as natural as breathing. Christ is risen Receive the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the redemption of the world that is found in our Lord Jesus Christ. But Heavenly Father, we confess that too often we make that the full story. When the new creation project that Jesus launched with his life, death, and resurrection, you invite us to participate in through your Holy Spirit. That life with you is had through the person of the Spirit. Would you awaken us to that reality? Would, would, this, would you help us to make the Holy Spirit more central in our everyday lives? May we listen for the voice of the Spirit. May we invite the Spirit into all the little details that just consume us. May our lives be filled with your presence and an awareness of it. Help us be that kind of church, we pray, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.